This is the Barbecue Central Radio Show, which is recorded live each Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Radio Show is being brought to you by The Barbecue Guru, the original creators of automatic temperature control devices, now offering four different models for you to choose from. Rest easy knowing that The Barbecue Guru is controlling your temperature so you can get on with your life. Visit BBQGuru.com or call 800-288-GURU for more information. And by Fred's Music and Tasty Licks BBQ Supply, your online barbecue and grilling superstore. From cookers to grills, wood chips and chunks, and everything in between, also be sure to try the Tasty Licks barbecue brand of rubs and sauces. Check Fred out online at TastyLicksBBQ.com. And by Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. Located in beautiful Willoughby, Ohio, Stephen DeFranco Jewelers is a family-owned and operated business looking to service the great folks of the barbecue and grilling world. Get free shipping and big discounts by mentioning my name and the term Barbecue Brother. Check out their inventory by visiting stephendefranco.com. And by Butcher Barbecue, with 30 years of experience in retail, wholesale, meat markets, food service, and customer service. Using that experience, everything they do and sell at Butcher's Barbecue comes from real-world knowledge. Check out their award-winning spices, sauces, marinades, and injections by visiting ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. And by iGrill. The iGrill is a Bluetooth-enabled cooking thermometer that allows you to monitor the temperature of your food and smoker or grill from up to 200 feet away. Using the free iGrill app for your iPhone, iPad, and Android devices, you can set preferred temperatures, and your smart device will alert you when it's ready. It's perfect for cooking steaks to perfection or low and slow smokers overnight. Head to iGrillInc, that's the letter I, grillinc.com to learn more. And by Barbecue's Delight Wood Pellets. The barbecue wood pellet choice of competition cooks and backyard hacks just like me. The perfect blend of two-thirds oak and one-third flavor wood gives you that right BTU burn and flavor that you're looking to get all over your meat with smoky goodness. Visit BBQRSDelight.com. And by Green Mountain Grills. Discover something you're really going to love. Cooking with pellets. Green Mountain Grills are widely available across the country. Top-of-the-line manufacturing, but not the highest in price. Visit GreenMountainGrills.com to get started on your pellet adventure today. Give me a beat. Hello, everybody. This is Gary Vanner Chuck, host of Wine Library TV, a.k.a. WLTV, the number one wine show on the Internet. And this is BBQ Center. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Good evening and welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. 
Yeah, it's a show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling, broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. Rapidly becoming known as the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. If you're inclined to get in touch with the show, there's two ways to do it. It's a toll-free call, 877-448-0433. You can also email the show, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Those are your two ways to get in touch with me, should you see fit. Everything else about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And pretty much everything else you want to even think about about the show is available right there. All right. Uh, coming up in about 13 minutes from now, if you're wondering what's happening tonight, about 14 past, Patrick Martin from Martin's Barbecue will be joining us. I've been trying to get after Patrick for, I want to say, I want to say four years. It's probably even longer than that. Timing has worked out, and Patrick Martin, Martin's Barbecue Joint, will be on in about 13 minutes from now. Uh, then we will move to 935. Mr. Last Week, a little mix-up in Communicado, but she's back. And Linnea Oxley from Sugar's Barbecue. She won the, uh, not this past Sunday, but the Sunday before's uh, Barbecue Pitmasters on the television on Destination America. So we'll uh, be talking to her and kind of recap that win and how she's looking or possibly moving into. Because she moves into the the semifinals or whatever they're calling it, the, the regional round if we're going Sam's Club on it. And then we move to the second hour, 14 past 10 o'clock. He is the number one prophet of smoked meat. Daniel Vaughn rejoins the show. Dan A. So we'll be talking to him about how he's the only barbecue editor in the country for Texas Monthly. We'll be talking about his book, The Prophets of Smoked Meat. And there's a subtitle after that, which I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, We're going to be talking about uh, how it all started from the uh, Full Custom Gospel Barbecue website. And a number of other things as well. So, that's 1014. And then we'll uh, make a call in reference. Can anybody? I can't. God damn camera. Yeah, here we go. In reference to the All-Star game being played tonight, we'll make a call with the bully and find Scott Roberts doing sauce and rubber views to close out the show. Strong. We're going to close strong tonight. That's what you have on tap. I'm excited. Are you excited? Damn right you're excited. Patrick Martin coming up in 11 minutes. All right. Uh, If you're watching the show, if you are uh, taking it in, in any of the ways you consume it, we'll get that here in a second. Do me a favor. Write a Facebook post. Make a tweet out that you're watching the show right now. Uh, One of two different ways. Well, one of a a veritable cornucopia of ways. The most popular uh, video feed, OutdoorCookingChannel.com. If you want to go directly there, OutdoorCookingChannel.com slash watch dash now. Or just go to OutdoorCookingChannel.com. You can also listen to the show audibly if you have a smart device. If you don't want to look at me, I'm, dude, I, I dig it. If you just want the audible, because this was originally the Barbecue Central radio show. We've dropped kind of the radio out, and it's now a Barbecue Central show. Because really, that's kind of more what it is now. It's a show. Because you do have a video aspect. But if you just want the old school audio, you can get it at TheBBQCentralShow.com. You can also download... The TuneIn Radio app on your smartphone. It's free in any store. You can also buy, I think it's 2 bucks or whatever it is, or $0.99 cents for the paid version. And you don't get any ads. Uh, I like free. You know my saying, if it's free, it's me. And uh, just search BBQ Central 
and add it as a favorite, and you can stream it anywhere you want to go. Don't forget, when the show isn't live 9 to 11 on Tuesdays, you will get uh, all of the past years, well, all the past shows in 2013 will play for you specifically in rotation, off hours, as we like to call it in the business. Now, if you have uh, Internet Protocol television like Roku, you can also get the show there. Download the Outdoor Cooking Channel app, and then the very first option that you have is called like Scheduled Stream or whatever. Uh, you can see this show live right there on Roku, and you can take it in in the grandioseness of your flat-screen television, comfort of your own couch. Uh, so it's a fun way to consume the show. Also, I've heard Rabbit TV, which has 6,000 viewers. It's a USB stick uh, that also has... Uh, outdoor cooking channel on and it has us listed me us central lights as a live show at tuesdays from 9 to 11 so a number of different ways to take in the show uh, you do what's easiest for you and of course the majority do it podcast after the fact that's audio well they do youtube whatever those are the ways that you can do uh, or you can get in touch with the show watch the show like this stuff 877-448-0433 greg at the bbq central show.com all right a lot of people in the instant chat going Rempy, what is going on with the glasses? Are they real? Is it a fake? Let's dispense with the suspense. Uh, fake. Absolutely. You can see it. I can put my fingers right in there. You know, I figure you watch uh, all of these professional athletes that seem to be really big in the NBA. You know, after the game, they would get all dressed up. A lot of them wore the backpacks. And, you know, all the big-name stars, Kevin Durant and uh, Michael Westbrook and LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, you know, they're all wearing these big, thick rim, glass rims with no lenses in them, just like this. And I was aghast. I couldn't understand. Why would you wear something like that? Well, then my daughters went and saw Monster University in 3D. And they came home with 3D sunglasses. And according to my wife, they promptly punched out the 3D lenses that were in those on the way back home. And they've been wearing these things ever since. It's one of the most odd things I've ever seen in my life. So odd that I said, next show, I put them right up there on my production desk. I said, I'm going to wear them. And why not? If everybody else is wearing them, I can wear them too. I encourage you to get your own 3D pair of glasses, bust out the rims, and do whatever. Wear them around. It's a fashion statement. A lot of people wondering if this is going to be uh, in honor of this. Hey, everybody. Harry Carey here. Okay. It's the All-Star Game tonight. We're going to have lots of fun and libations. We're going to eat barbecue and drink our faces off and throw up when we're done. Yeah. It's not that. No way. This is just a fashion statement. All right. Got an email coming in from uh, John, my good friend over in the U.K., Greg, hope you're well. In response to the warm beer in Europe conversation you had at the beginning of uh, this past Tuesday's show, it was probably two weeks ago, I can't speak for the rest of Europe, which I encourage people to do. Speak, speak for the country. Who cares? Paint in broad strokes. We love our lager-style beers, ice, ice cold. Our real ale beers, bitters, tend to be served cool, any colder, and it will kill the subtle flavors of the hops, barley, etc., show's been fantastic, and I've just ordered a load of rubs and sauce from that rub and sauce company in the U.K., so I'm looking forward to trying out some of those, especially the J.P. Custom Smoke Beef Rub. Johnny! Awesome. John, by the way, is the gentleman that 
introduced me to the Kuiperinha, which we made during our cocktail time segments, which I believe we'll be bringing back next week because it's just far too, literally the breath of hell the last two days. Uh, so it, it calls for this particular drink, which will uh, go ahead and reopen the cocktail time vault and be back in the kitchen next week to teach you how to make this drink because you're going to want to make it early off, especially on those really hot days. Especially the really cold days. Why not? If you like it, drink it any time you want. Why not? I was reading the Barbecue Bible blog. You know this uh, Stephen Reichland character. He was on the show last week to rave reviews. I don't know if anybody else saw this. Did you guys see that the there was a $100,000 hamburger winner? Uh-oh. Aaron Evison won $100,000. For the Build a Better Burger contest that was sponsored by the Sutter Home Winery in California, Napa Valley. Uh, Stephen was a judge for this event, and she had a nut-crusted, cashew nut-crusted French sandwich roll, layers of peppery watercress tempura, fresh mint basil aioli, and made-from-scratch Thai-inspired green curry, uh, green curry glaze to a grilled ground Grilled ground chuck patty. I almost said ground round. Big difference. Uh, with pancetta fat. I mean, wow. Sounds great. That was called the Seven Train Caramelized Green Berry Burger. And again, uh, that will net you a nice, clean $100,000 for the best burger. Build a better burger, ladies and gentlemen. Why not? That's what I always say. Build a better burger. If you build it, they will come. All right, uh, Patrick Martin coming up here out of the break. We do have uh, two giveaways as well, so stay tuned. Get those fat fingers ready. Love to win stuff. I know you do. I love to win stuff. Who doesn't? Let me talk to you quickly about a brand new sponsor of the show. Show this uh, show. Guys, the show is synonymous with technology. This one doesn't a point. Let's welcome iGrill to the partnership stable. iGrill is a Bluetooth-enabled cooking thermometer that pairs... With your Apple or Android device using the free iGrill Pro app, which can be downloaded in the iTunes Store or the Google Play Store, depending on what operating system you have. The Bluetooth range is up to 200 feet, so you can monitor your food from practically anywhere in the house. gives you the free time to do what you want to do with the assurance that your food is being cooked perfectly. Go watch the game, have a beer, have four. Mow the lawn. iGrill's got your food covered. The iGrill dual probe capability, so you can monitor two different pieces of meat at once. You can also measure the ambient pit temperature of your smoker using the grill, uh, the iGrill ambient, temp- ambient temperature probe that can be purchased at iGrill Inc., like the letter I, grillinc.com. If you use promo code SMOKE, you'll get a free ambient probe with your iGrill purchase. Just put both into your shopping cart and enter the code SMOKE at checkout. Now, within the app, you can set minimum and maximum temperature settings. If your grill or smoker gets too hot or too cool, your smart device will alert you. The free iGrill app for iOS has Facebook integration, so you can upload pictures of what you're cooking right to the iGrill Facebook page. The app also has global features that show you and all of your other friends and iGrillers from around the world what everybody else is cooking. You can also use the graph to monitor the speed of which your temperature is rising. So, geeks, relate. Buy now. $80 $80 MSRP, actually $79.99, available at I, the letter I, Grill Inc., I Grill Inc., Apple, Best Buy, AT&T stores, Verizon stores, and Amazon.com. 
iGrill was launched at Apple Stores in 2010 and has sent some incredible press, including a celebrity shout-out from Mark Zuckerberg. He founded Facebook if you need it. Accessories are available at iGrillInc.com. So everything you need is all in one place. And again, the website, I, the letter I, Grill Inc., iGrillInc.com, a proud new sponsor, and I am happy to have them. 80 bucks. Come on. Two things at once? I'm down. iGrillInc.com. We're back with Patrick Martin right after this. Stick around. Be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. are back 877-448-0433 greg at the bbq central show.com john dawson wagon saying he's watching me over 4g on his droid john mansgate all right my first guest owns the very popular martin's barbecue joint you are in nolensville tennessee and you have a hankering for some real pit barbecue, you don't want to miss this place. Let's head over to the hotline. A guy I've been looking to talk barbecue with for some time now. Let's uh, welcome in Patrick Martin to the show. Patrick, how are you, buddy? I'm all right, man. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on. Oh, I'm absolutely doing fa- Man, I'll tell you, I don't know where it is down there temperature-wise. It is the breath of hell up in here, C-Town. Where, where are you at? Cleveland. Oh really? Well, it's uh, that's 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 air conditioning for us, man. Oh, I'm telling it's, you, it's, uh, it's it's that hot, it's that hot year. It's that hot ten months out of the year down here, brother. <laughs> uh, Eighty-seven at nine o'clock at night is a little too uh, sticky for my uh, comfort, but nevertheless, um, lots to get to tonight, Patrick. And you know, I guess before we get into the restaurant and all that stuff, maybe a little background about yourself and kind of how you got into barbecue prior to the business. Well, I had uh, I, I had at an early age, my dad and you know my grandfathers and all that weren't barbecue guys, but they grilled a lot and they uh, were very specific about it. You know, we never owned a gas grill, we never had any lighter fluid, and uh, my you know my friends' dads would you know they had they would get gas grills, and I looked at my dad and I'll never forget one time I was like, Dad, you know, Bill Long's dad just got a gas grill. Why are we? You know, he had the charcoal chimney and all that, and like, why don't we just get a gas grill? And I was probably about 14, and he was like, uh, you know, because we do it this way. And it just resonated. And so I, I bought my first grilling book when I was, uh, I think, probably in the ninth grade, so that would be 86. And um, it was Chris Schlesinger's and Doc Willoughby's book called The Thrill of the Grill. Yep. And I wanted to try to grill everything in that book and learn as much. I was just, you know, enamored by it and um in there chris is from virginia and in there he talks a little bit about barbecue and and his dad would cook whole hogs and stuff and i'm gonna work from northeast mississippi and uh i uh went up to a little school uh about 45 minutes north we're about five miles from the tennessee line and uh to try to walk on to play basketball i wasn't good enough for scholarship but the coach at least said hey you know i'd 
love to look at you. Come on up. And, and so I went up there, and I wasn't good enough. But uh, <laughs> unbeknownst to me, West Tennessee, and I'm not talking about Memphis. I'm talking about basically from the Shelby County line to almost to Nashville uh, is known for whole hog barbecue. And I spent four years, man, just hanging around those pits and never really worked and got a paycheck. But I, I would go down there and study with those old pit masters and stay up all night with them. And I was a finance econ guy, and I, I, my dad was a government bond trader, and, and I just had it in my mind. I was going to go trade bonds and make a lot of money one day. When I turned about 50, I was going to go open up a restaurant or, you know, do something. And uh, didn't quite turn out that way. Um, you know, I, I just kept cooking and kept cooking and I did go and trade bonds and, and took that career, but, you know, I got into barbecue a little bit sooner rather than I had planned a little bit different path. I mean, I guess at what point did you decide to diverge from the bonds and stuff and get into the barbecue business full time? Well, I had, uh, I, I gotten married and, um, uh, it, it, was you know five years we were young and she i got her pregnant actually and she had a miscarriage a couple weeks before we got married and we went ahead and got married anyway it's one of those classic stories we'd already gotten gifts and <laughs> didn't want to send the gifts back and all that you know all that stuff and so uh she was a songwriter and i we had moved to charlotte to i've gone to work at nation's bank and uh she was a songwriter with sony tree and so we were constantly trying to get back to nashville and um, I loved Nashville, like loved it. And uh, so we finally got back and, you know, I went to work with a couple other firms, one in Memphis and then finally in Nashville. And then we got divorced. She traded me in and I didn't want to leave Nashville. So uh, I actually, I didn't work for a couple months. And then I started uh, landscaping and doing grade work, like finished grade work for new homes. And... Um, about five years later, man, I, you know, the money was good. It wasn't awesome, but it was actually pretty good. And I didn't hate it. I just didn't love it. And I was cooking this whole time and, you know, and, and not just barbecuing. I mean, like really trying to, you know, one of those guys, I wish I'd gone to culinary school and knew, the, knew you know, at least the classic, the classic techniques, of, you know, of, of cooking. So I was trying to, that was my hobby. And I was just one of those guys, you know, I'd cook. I was always the guy I cooked for my friends. It's all, everybody, you know, every kind of, there's, everybody does that, you know, who's in our world, you know, as a hobbyist. And uh, I was the dumbass that actually took everybody's advice and went out and they were like, man, you should open up a, a barbecue place and, and slap me on the back. And, you know, I'm, a, I'm the guy that actually went out there and did it. And uh, one, one morning, my guy flipped a trailer with a bobcat some equipment on it and uh i had since gotten remarried and i had an eight month old son i met with the insurance adjuster and i was done with him by 10 30 and i went down to this little mexican place in a little town close to where i lived which is actually nolensville and they it was 11 it was about 10 after 11 and all the chairs were still on the tables the place hadn't been opened up and it's above a mechanic shop i went down to the mechanic i was like man are these dudes opening up or what are they doing He's like, well, they, they're three months behind on their rent, and we evicted them, and, uh, you know, so they're not going to open up. And I was I was like, well, what are you going to do? And he was like, well, we're going to find another restaurant. And I was like, man, I'll take it. I'll cook, I cook barbecue, and I'm, I'll, I'll do it. And I just, it happened literally just like that. And uh, I remember wishing he would hurry up and shut up so I would leave because I was afraid I was going to change my mind. But it was one of those things where I think emotionally I needed to jump off the diving board, and that, that day I did. 
Uh, no doubt. Isn't there, you know, one of 758 million different professions that you could have jumped off the diving board with? Because when you look at restaurants, barbecue, Mexican, you name it, they have to be one of the most loser businesses in the first, you know, month to a year. That's a huge gamble to take, given your station. They are, and I was in a, I was in a spot, and I don't mean this to be funny, but I really didn't care. I was in a spot where I was like, you know, this is, this is what I want to do. And, and I, I've got a, I got a ton of friends, man, who specifically are in the competition world, um, who I'm, I'm not the model you want to go by. A lot of people ask me the same thing. And, you know, I picked the, I didn't pick the restaurant business. It picked me. And that's the way it happens with a lot of people. I mean, it was just my, it was what I wanted to do, you know, and I got a, a lot of real close friends in the competition world who think about opening restaurants a lot, and the, what you have to think about is is that your barbecue can be the best around. It can be unbelievable, but if you don't know how to operate a restaurant and run a business, it doesn't matter how good your barbecue is. And um, fortunately for me, I had opened up in a town that only had about three thousand people in it, and I was just far enough away from Metro Nashville. It took everybody about a year to find out about me. And so it gave me a year to really learn how to operate a restaurant. And even still, almost seven years later, I'm still learning every day a lot. But uh, I, if I had gone and opened up in Nashville, I would have been out of business in three months because I I, you know, I just didn't know what I was doing at all. I knew how to cook barbecue, and, and I, I made up my mind I was going to do it the old way. I was like, you know, I'm not going to have a freezer. I'm not going to have a microwave. I'm going to try to run out. And um, I just really didn't care, man, I was, in a good way. You know what I mean? In a, in a calming way, a confident way. You know, and this is how I'm going to do it. If it doesn't work out, then I'm going to find something else to do in life and say I did it, you know? Patrick Martin so, joining us here on the show. Uh, MartinsBBQJoint.com if you want to check out the website while we're talking here. Uh, Patrick, are, are there... You know, maybe two or three big pitfalls that you ran into that perhaps you didn't account for, or did you even account for anything? You were just kind of taken blow by blow. Oh, dude, it was blow by blow. I didn't. <laughs> I'd never worked. I'd never been in the restaurant business. I mean, I, I, I there's no way I could keep it at two or three. It was like two or three thousand was, pitfalls. Was, was cooking? You know I mean, uh, was cooking the barbecue the easiest part of the whole deal then? Easily, the easiest part. Easily. <laughs> Dealing with staff, dealing with customers who, you know, or, you know, you know, either complain or, uh, you know, and that, that's not the norm, by the way. Most, most, I would say 95% of customers are really good, genuine people who just want a good meal for the money they're paying. Um, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of things, you know, like I got a buddy who just opened up a restaurant, a barbecue joint in Nashville. And, uh, I told him, man, I was like, you know, I, I can sit here and tell you what to do, but I'm not going to do that. But I will tell you what not to do. And, uh, you know, I, I pissed away a lot of money, man, because I didn't know what I was doing. And the biggest advice I give people now, especially like I was talking about my competition friends, is you need to go work in a restaurant, and specifically a restaurant with systems, which usually means a chain. Uh, because working for a mom and pop, they're not, they're not the best operators. Uh, the people who have it down, I mean, literally like a McDonald's, you know, that's, you need to figure out how to run your restaurant with systems, but not give up uh, your your quality, your control, and your standards. 
of how of how you want barbecue to be served. And it just so happens for me, I chose I didn't want a freezer or microwave, and I was going to cook it, and I was going to manage my food costs by trying to run out every day. And if people got pissed, I theorize, and I think I've, I didn't know, but I theorize that they would eventually say, well, if they ran out, it must be pretty good, I'll come back. Sure. Or they'll eventually get over it and come back. But. Right. So, so many pitfalls, Greg. I can't. It's. I could go over some with you, but it's. Well, we could spend a month talking about pitfalls. Patrick Martin joining me here on the show. You know, Patrick, I looked over the menu that you have, and I have to say, you know, I like the fact that you don't have seventy-five million items on it. A great selection to be sure, but sometimes I feel that barbecue restaurants go way too far in the ancillary stuff and lose focus on the bread and butter, which is barbecue, because all of these other things that are on the menu they got to keep track of. Did you start out that way, or did you pare down over time? No, my menu really has not changed one bit at all, at all since I've opened. Um, I added a catfish po' boy on there, and I'm trying to think if there's one other thing, but it's literally the same menu for the night, for the most part. You know, I think what people do is is they they overthink it and they. They get in a place where they've got to find a point of difference because they're they're in a competitive market, and so they 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 start really getting away from what they know, and they try to get a little too creative sometimes, especially especially guys that have like a chef background. They'll they and and, and you know there's there's some things that work out really well, and I mean some menu items, but there are some things where, in my opinion, I think execution of the basics far outweighs, you know, how, how many different menu dishes you can come up with and quirky dishes you can do. You know, I mean, making sure that that pork is perfect every time to, on a sandwich or a plate, to me, is far more valuable than figuring out what are five ways that I can serve this pork that nobody else is doing. <laughs> you know, because uh, I think people really just want to come in. Barbecue is never not going to be comfort food. So let's just start there, what it is. Right. And I think a lot of people come in, you know, owners, and starting a place, and they've got to find their point of difference. And the point of difference, to me, staring you right in the face, There's the fact is there's not a lot of people out there that are doing it well. And it's not that they can't do it well. It's because they've settled on standards that are lower than than the real excellent ones are, you know, and, and, and serving reheated food or anything like that, you know, because they're worried about their food costs. Um, I just, that's just my opinion. I mean, I, there's different opinions out there on that, I'm sure, but I, I just think execution is how you really succeed at it. All right, so let me ask you something. You recently did an interview for Today.com in their food section. The article was talking about a new generation of pitmaster and a new generation of barbecue consumer, one who wants good barbecue cheap. And you were quoted in the article as saying that you know, $5.50 for a pulled pork sandwich isn't enough, and you'll have to look at possibly raising prices in the upcoming year. Is five fifty really a lot to your clientele if they know the quality is there and the labor that goes into this? I mean, wouldn't they be happy to pay another 3 $4 more for a sandwich? Um, it, it is in the South, and, and I'll tell you, in my opinion, why. In, in 20 years ago, before competition barbecue came on, the barbecue was really a, you know, the five major regions that we always talk about, Kansas City, Texas, the Carolinas, Memphis, blah, blah, blah. It was really a regional product, and when people came down, or, or they could get ribs, you know, outside of ribs, but, you know, pulled pork and brisket was 
you know, let's face it, in 1980, it wasn't spread all over Wisconsin and Minnesota and Connecticut and all that, right? So what's happened was is our generation grew up in the South with there were so many bar supply and demand. There were so many barbecue restaurants, um, and barbecue was has always been on that level of a cheaper food, no matter the fact that it's the most labor-intensive thing you can do. Oh, for sure. Right? Yep. And so what's happened is is now barbecue has spread all over the country, much thanks to competition barbecue, which is, you know, put it in people's faces. And now people across the country realize, hey, I can do this, and I can do it really well. And they happen to be in markets that um, can charge more than, say, traditionally you have been able to do in the South. Now, that's changed in the South, in Atlanta and Nashville, and especially with the the chef-driven menus that have happened over the past 15 to 20 years. Uh, you know, that's, that's definitely changed. But the point I was trying to make was is that now that the price, the mentality of price, especially in the South, has not changed. You know, people grew up going and paying $2.50 for a world-class barbecue sandwich, and they don't know that there's another scale of, of economics out there for it. And nor do people, as we all know, those of us who have set up all night, you know, checking our smokers and all that, they especially don't know how much work you put into it. Now, they, you can tell them, but until they've done it, they have no idea. Well, in a, in a restaurant, you're doing that, you know, 360-odd days a year. And I guess the point where I'm going with it is, is that I got guys who are down here opening up these burger shops who are, you know, getting nine, ten bucks for a burger, yep. and we're over here cooking a shoulder for 22 hours. And I have people that balk and tell me that I've gotten too big for my britches when I charge five fifty for a sandwich. Now, there's just something wrong with that to me. And so I'm not going to go out and just I'm not I'm not going out to just shock people. But what I would like to see us do in in the culture of barbecue is get get what we deserve for it. You know, and I don't, I don't mean, there's, there's, I don't mean, um, gets, I, I don't mean charge too much. I, I don't think we're ever, we should ever get to a point where we're charging 10 bucks or 12 bucks for a barbecue sandwich or even 15, like some burger places are, but you know, man, dead gum. I mean, seven fifty for a sandwich with five ounces of meat. Somebody's poured his heart and sweat and blood into it doesn't seem too much to ask for me. No, absolutely not. I was, uh, I mean, it has not very similar, but I was doing a fundraiser for my daughter's fast pitch team because that's very expensive. And uh, I cooked a couple pork butts and I was charging uh, $5 per sandwich. It wasn't, you know, the Lloyd stuff that comes out of the plastic container that you heat in the microwave. I mean, this was really good stuff. And I was charging five bucks a sandwich and people were initially turning away until I said, here, take a bite. And then once they tasted it, they were happy to shuck out five bucks. They were happy to tell everybody they were sitting around. But you're right. I mean, initially, there was a little bit of a sticker shock versus the $1 hot dog. Yeah, it's just a stigma, man. And they're going to – the $1 hot dog is a good example. And, and it's to me, I think it's going to be almost a generational change. It'll take that long for for people to realize that, you know, there's there's cheap food that we just do for sustenance. And that Lloyd's in a bag is just sustenance. And, if, you know, and then there's real barbecue. And, you know, we've got a couple places in Nashville that uh, I would consider that are not up to standard for me. And that's okay. They're, 
if you've got four different sectors of the restaurant business, fast food, fast casual, which is what I'm in, fine, uh, full service, and then fine dining or chef driven. Right. Well, fast casual is a hybrid of fast food and full service. And the price point's a hybrid of it as well. So you've got some people who cook at a commissary, you know, in the fast food area, uh, and, you know, or, or only cook once a week and then reheat their food until they're, they've exhausted it and then cook again as they need it. And put a little water in there and steam it and reheat it and get 225 a sandwich. We get people a lot to call and say, I've got a wedding. And, you know, I've got this budget and I've got $600 to spend. And I just tell them, like, if you're that budget-minded, then we're, we're probably not your guy. You know, if you if if you want real quality, then I'm gonna that I can give you that, and that's just a fact. It's not a I'm better than somebody else, and it's just it's just that some people don't put the time in it. You know, especially somebody's got like an electric cooker or something like that. They don't put the time in it that we would as a as a hobbyist or a competition cook or somebody like me who's got my standards at my where I am at my restaurant level. And they, you know, folks just. They don't understand. They're like, "Well, so and so charges two twenty-five. You're at five fifty. And I'm like, "Yeah." And I, it's tough for me to explain on the phone why that is, you know. So I just say, "Hey, man, this is where we're at, and hope you come in. I'd love to give you, you know, I'll feed you on me, let you try my food. But this is where my price is, and, I, and I'm sorry. I, I hope everything can work out. But if not, that's fine. That's cool. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's going to be a generation before people start understanding that in people like me start charging a little bit more for their product and they're on the higher side and it comes people just become accustomed to it after time. Absolutely. Patrick Martin joining me here on the show. He is the owner of Martin's BBQ Joint and you can find that at martinsbbqjoint.com. Patrick, we could talk for hours here, but uh, we'll have to do it again another time. Appreciate you coming out tonight, breaking it all down for us. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks, Greg. You got it. Thanks. There he is. Patrick Martin. MartinsBBQJoint.com. A little long, but man, chock full of information. I remember when he was just starting out. Like, he's I'm going to start the restaurant. I was like, crazy, man. Look at him now. Success. Right, uh, MartinsBBQJoint.com. All right. Not one new sponsor tonight. How about two new sponsors? Let's welcome second new sponsor of the show, R&O Smokers. A custom pit builder combining innovation and art in each of their cutting-edge, offset, and vault-style barbecue pits. Located in the heart of Texas near Fort Worth, Granberry has been home to Arno Smokers since its beginnings. Arno Smokers has continued to widen its range using visionary planning both the design level and the quality of their craftsmanship to bring their customers the finest custom pits on the market. If you have been looking for custom pits without the hefty price tag and a weight of some other manufacturers on the market, why not make Arno Smokers your first choice to take a look at? Mention you heard about Arno Smokers on the Barbecue Central show and receive an additional discount off the already low price. For more information, follow the link to their Facebook page, which can be found right on the Barbecue Central show website, thebbqcentralshow.com. Click on the logo at the right or visit the sponsor page or the links page. They will get you that Facebook page or contact Billy Overton or Tony Belay respectively directly via email. Billy, that's B-I-L-L-I-E. 
Billy underscore R-O smokers, plural, at yahoo.com, or Tony, T-O-N-Y, underscore R-O smokers, at yahoo.com. Don't forget to check out their Facebook page regularly for weekly drawings and giveaways from their barbecue partners as well. And if you're any fan of the competition scene, I mean, there's a lot of great pits out there. There are no smokers. Uh, rapidly become one of the most popular ones out there. For instance, uh, Mike Davis uses one. He won in South Carolina this past weekend. Also, Joe Beelin from Tippy Canoe Barbecue won the Sam's Local. He cooks on a R&O as well. Many others. So uh, check it out. R-N, like the letter N, rnosmokers.com. Or, again, visit their Facebook page, which you can be found, uh, which you can find right on my uh, main page website, the logo, sponsors page, or the links page. All right, we're uh, back with Lene Oxley right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Get in the smoke. Get in the smoke. Call eight seven seven four eight zero four three three to get on the air. Let's all just reset here just for a sec. Get in the smoke. Call eight And let's reset yet again. Alright, uh get in the smoke, get in the smoke. All right, your chance to win tonight. A $10 gift certificate from the Barbecue Superstore. Richard Parker and the gang over there. TheBBQSuperstore.com. TheBBQSuperstore.com. A $10 gift card. All you have to do is send me an email in the subject line. Black-rimmed glasses. Black-rimmed glasses. And you can win a $10 gift certificate courtesy of the BBQ Superstore. Good luck. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Big B, Moonshine Band, Suburban Two shots, we don't need a radio, bring a jukebox for my outlaws, bring me three shots, we can raise hell before the speed stops, I'm a whiskey drinking SOB, if you don't like that, then you won't like me, I'm an outlaw, I said I'm an outlaw, alright, we are back, um, Thanks again to Patrick Martin for joining me. Patrick's uh, website, by the way, martinsbbqjoint.com. martinsbbqjoint.com. 877-448-0433. You can also uh, email the show if you want to. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Those are the two ways to get in touch with Lots of great info from uh, Patrick, by the way. All right, who wins tonight? Ryan Ryan Beeler wins. So, uh, Ryan, you do not need to send me anything because uh, this is an email contest. So I will forward your email over to uh, Richard Parker, 
and he will go ahead and take care of you from there. So congratulations for, look at the uh, backyard. Somebody said backyard. I got the word. What is that? Blacked rim glasses. No, no. All a little late. Uh, Ryan Beeler, you win. So uh, just sit tight, and uh, Richard Parker will be in touch with you at some point. Once I forward to your email, uh, that'll be after the show. Of course. And then you can redeem $10 gift card over at thebbqsuperstore.com. What could be better than that? Nothing. Nothing. Come on. All right. Uh, uh-oh. I'm getting a uh, getting a uh, voicemail in my ear. Wondering, should I leave? Should I leave a message? Yeah, why not? I'll leave a message. Hey, Lene, Greg Rempe, Barbecue Central. Show. Hi. Uh, this is the time frame. Uh, this is nine thirty-five. Uh, my oh 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 hold on. Could be getting her here in just a second. I'm going to my smartphone. Maybe she got called out on the hot barbecue patrol. I'm here. I'm calling. All right, hold on. I'm calling. Let's try this. Zero, zero, nine. I'm getting an email. Oh, wait. Sorry. I I left the longest voicemail in history right there, ladies and gentlemen. We'll give it a, another try here. Maybe uh, she can call in. No? Wow. Uh, maybe there's some bad uh, cellular signals going on over in the uh, over on the West Coast. Yep. Yeah. Okay, everybody can stop sending in the... It's funny. All right, here she can. She's coming in now. We'll get this uh, interview in one way or another. All right. Uh, joining me now, the pitmaster who is advancing on to the next round on the current season of Barbecue Pitmasters on the strength of her win in the qualifying show, which was a week ago this past Sunday. She runs a very successful barbecue catering company and competition team. Let's race over to the hotline and welcome in first timer to the show, pitmaster of Sugars Barbecue, Lene Oxley. Lene, how are you? I'm doing great. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Oh, I can hear you finally. Uh, sorry about last week. Hey, I thought we were—I thought we were about ready to have a uh, a replay. <laughs> well, there, uh, I was waiting for my phone to ring, and it looked like there was a couple of um, numbers that were blocked. So uh-huh. who knows? But we're on the air now, and I appreciate you having me on, Greg. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. So uh, we'll recap the show here in just a second, Lene. But for the folks, I guess who aren't familiar yep. with you, maybe a little background on you and how you got into the barbecue scene. Um, well, I've been competing since 2006. Um, a neighbor of mine had a big barbecue pit sitting in his front lawn, and I would pass it on the way to work every day and just fascinated by it. Um, and I'm coming from a culinary background, uh, uh, you know, uh, doing a lot of grilling uh, in a restaurant setting, but not not in terms of live fire, wood, wood fire barbecue. And so um, one day he was out there in the morning cleaning his pit. I introduced myself. Uh, and uh, he invited me for dinner that evening. 
uh, came back from work, had dinner, had some amazing ribs and chicken that he had cooked. We were friends ever since. Uh, I helped him at a contest and uh, the next weekend, and I was hooked ever since. And wow. this, was, uh, this was in 2006. So it was really, really cool. So you're six, uh, six, seven seasons in at this point. Uh, you know, I assume that you have been a fan of the Barbecue Pitmaster show in past seasons, or had, did you just like recently saw it and decided you would like to try out for that? Yeah, I've been a fan actually since its inception, um, looking at the original uh, show where it was just following, uh, you know, some of the main pitmasters around Harry Sue and, and uh, uh, Leanne Lippin and, and, the, and the whole gang. And, in fact, I was actually at the American Royal when they were uh, filming Leanne Lippin's show. She was actually sitting uh, set up right across from us, and it was kind of fun to see the crew. And, obviously, it's changed shape. It's taken different forms over the seasons. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's done some really outrageous things with barbecue. And, you know, um, I got a call last time, last season, what just wasn't able to get a, a, an audition tape in, but uh, was able to do it this year. I think I was, you know, I was ready mentally. Uh, I thought my barbecue was good enough to uh, get on the air. And uh, me and my friend Corey Sherman from Rock in the Smoke, she's a local team here in the Portland area. Um, we joined forces and uh, decided to put an audition tape and got in, and it was just really amazing. And uh, she's, uh, she's an amazing cook. I could not think of a better partner to be in this venture with. It's just incredible, incredible adventure. Was the audition tape more of a formality at this point since they wanted you last year, or did you really have to you know, go over the top to get selected this year? Well, it wasn't that they really wanted me, per se. They were just sort of, they, I think they wanted somebody from the Pacific Northwest. They had heard about me uh, somehow, and um, they, uh, they were kind of prompting me, hey, you know, Lene, let's get us, a, get us an audition tape, something, so we can look at it and uh, see if you can make a grade and get on the air. And um, so they, yeah, I mean, it was really, I think I got maybe a week to put it in together last week, last year. And I just couldn't do it. But I think everything is meant to happen. Um, and uh, it was meant to happen this year. And, you know, Corey and I put this like seven minute audition tape uh, filmed on our iPad. Uh, and it was just a lot of fun. We just were just goofing off. It wasn't about us, you know, spouting about how good we are or whatever. We were just goofing off and pretty much unscripted. And, it was just it was it was just a dream come true. Dream come true. They called and they asked me if I wanted to be on the on TV, and I was like screaming. I thought it was just awesome. I mean, it's good for barbecue in the Northwest. Good for my own business with Sugars Barbecue here in Portland, uh, and just a, a chance to just be a part of barbecue and in a different way. You know, I'm, I'm a competitor. I try to compete as much as I can, uh, mainly around the Pacific Northwest area um, in the Vancouver, Canada area. Washington, Oregon, and thereabouts, and um, uh, not able to get into the main national circuit. But this was just a really interesting way of trying to get uh, meet people, get to different places, and see see how my barbecue would fare up against some of the best in the in the country, albeit in a very unique setting. And some people like it, and some people don't. So, um, very very cool opportunity. So total no brainer when they came back and asked you to be on the show. You know, regardless of what you had going on personally or professionally, this was uh, you were all in right from Jump Street. hundred uh, percent, absolutely. I went to my employer, uh, my boss, and said, "Hey, this is it." And he knows that barbecue is a dream for me. He totally supports it. I've been with uh, the company I work for for twelve and a half years, my day job, and so you know, it was, it was, it was. It, I mean, it was just, yeah. It was. It, he's like, "Yep, take all the time off you need. We'll uh, we'll be here to support you." And it was just go from from that end and. Then it was just day and night obsessing about every aspect of it, planning the trip, where we're going to stay, 
what they could give us to cook, where we were going to be, who we were going to be up against, et cetera, and trying to do as much homework as I could. Basically treating it like a regular competition, like I research regular competitions and go up against my competition. And uh, only this was just, there was a lot, there were a lot of unknown variables. And so uh, it was, there was a lot of un- unanswered questions, but we try to be as prepared as we could. And going into that show, we were as prepared as we could be, uh, not knowing exactly what we were going to cook at all. Linnea, actually joining me here on the show, Sugars, plural, Sugars, barbecue, B-A-R-B-E-C-U-E dot com if you want to check it out while we're talking. Uh, you had to cook turkey legs, brisket points. You seemed pretty confident when you initially saw them in the cooler and then appeared just as cool through the cooking process. Was that pretty accurate in the filming of this whole deal, or were there some nerves that really didn't get shown in that final product that we saw on television? You know, I'll be honest with you, no. I mean, there were, I mean, you know, going up to it, you're a little bit, I think I was more nervous about um, wanting to do better, wanting to do well and represent sugars really well in the Pacific Northwest really well, rather than having cameras and microphones stuck in my face. That didn't bother me at all. Um, in fact, I kind of sort of liked it in a way, kind of in a sort of remote, sick, egotistical way. But I think that it was, um, I think it was, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a level-headed player. I'm very serious about what I do. I take, I take it very seriously no matter what it is, whether it's, you know, obviously we've got turkey legs and, and brisket points. You know, um, I opened that cooler up, and it was just like, oh, this is just game one. This is great. It's not going to be easy. I don't take anything to chance. But uh, and these, these, these two competitors are top-notch. I went up against Danny Kugel, a wonderful guy, uh, you know, has been competing longer than me. And I believe, and then the Lewis boys, and, and you know, great guys are wonderful. We don't, I don't, I never competed against these guys ever. Um, I know they're great, uh, but it was, I mean, this was about serious business. And if they wanted to record me during that time, then that's what it was all about. And and it was just, it was awesome. I mean, from the from the get go, it's a long day. I mean, I was exhausted, mentally exhausted, um, very serious, uh, physically exhausted. You know, I hadn't eaten all day. Uh, it was very, very cold. We were all shivering. Uh, this this uh, episode was filmed in mid-April uh, in Osage City, Kansas, in the spring. Uh, a huge event, drawing a lot of people, and um, and we were just and it was just I was exhausted, and and I think that kind of showed uh, towards the latter part of the show when I started breaking down. But we can talk about that in a second. <laughs> you know, you seem to have locked in both categories when we're watching the judges, like in the pit. They required burn ends. You know, you and Danny go pulled, sliced, and ends. Lulu goes just ends. Was yeah. there no doubt that you were going to go, I guess what you would call above and beyond from the jump, or did you have some hesitation that if you didn't hit all of the things that you turned in, you were actually kind of handicapping yourself in the end? Well, I, I, I treated it just like a regular competition, and, and, and you, I'm not going to put, and I tell this with a lot of people that I talk to, I will not put anything in that box that I can't stand behind. Corey and I came together on this, we cooked together, we tasted everything that went in that box. I wanted to, first and foremost, I wanted us to show skill. We had this great brisket point. We got a couple of them to cook. Um, there was no, I mean, we had to turn in burn ends, if anything. Uh, and uh, just like uh, some of the judges had said, I believe uh, uh, Myron had echoed it, you know, think something else besides what we require can be risky. It can, it, can, uh, it can count against us. And that's the same with regular barbecue competitions, it's, uh, you know, whether you're turning in pork or, or, or brisket, you know, if the slices work and the burn ends don't, and uh, you've turned in burn ends, that can count against you. And uh, I think all of us have fallen victim to that. But, um, uh, I, you know, everything hit the, on the mark. I mean, the box wasn't as pretty as I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be a little bit more, 
you know, put together and a little more seg- seg- segmented, but we ran it down to the last second and we just like threw that stuff in the box, made it look decent. Um, everything hit on the money and we were proud about that. And, you know, obviously the Turks and Lakes really couldn't do anything with, but uh, the, the brisket I wanted to slice and do some chopped and then obviously the burn-ins that they required. So um, if it's not good, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put it in the box. No way. Lene actually joining us here on the show, talking about her uh, recent win on barbecue pitmasters, uh, advancing into the next round. Was winning this episode made even sweeter because Melissa Cookson was on the panel? You know, there have been some great women pitmasters that have come before, you know, both you and her to be sure, but Melissa's really stepped it up, not only for women, but for men in the competition scene as well. How did you feel about her being on that panel? You know, Melissa's an idol of mine. I mean, I love her. She's great. I've been following her for a while. Um, obviously, that woman can cook. She's, she's proved herself on the circuit uh, many, many times. And, uh, you know, we didn't know who the judge was going to be. I mean, that was sort of the mystery third judge. We knew Myron and Tuffy were going to be there, but we didn't know if it was going to be Danielle Domofsky or, uh, you know, William Bubba Latimer or it was going to be, you know, Chris Lilly, anybody, uh, Paul Kirk, who knew, who knew who it was going to be? And they kept it a secret from us. And then we found out on, uh, on the, the day that we filmed, and I was just blown away. And that just made me cook a little bit better, a little harder, because I, first of all, very proud to, to have her eat my food uh, one-on-one uh, and, um, and as someone who I look up to, and it just blew me away. The fact that she liked my food was just, that was icing on the cake. I couldn't have asked for a better result. But I wanted to cook the best I could for her and um, because I respect her. I look up to her, and, and we, we had a chance to chat. Uh, a little bit afterwards, and it was really cool. It was like sort of this rock star moment for me. And um, and she's a great, she's a great woman, uh, a good friend. I mean, she's great with information. So it was it was a very proud moment. Obviously, having uh, being a woman at barbecue and, and having her, um, you know, being a, a female, very successful female barbecuer was great. But I stand behind what I said on the show was that I don't care, man, woman, or whatever. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to cook against you, uh, and I'm going to try to beat you. It doesn't matter. The fact that I'm a woman in barbecue and there are a lot of other amazing women in barbecue uh, that are up and coming and everything, I think that's, that's, that's awesome. I mean, we're going to see more and more and more of that every season. You know, so obviously the show has been taped through its conclusion. You move on to the next round. Uh, is there any insight yeah. that you can give us here before I let you go tonight that uh, about your – potential moving ons or anything, or do we just have to tune in and, and see how it goes? Uh, yeah, I can't really say anything about the show itself, uh, other than obviously everyone knows I've made uh, the semifinals. Um, uh, this one was uh, uh, filmed in Chicago, at least uh, outside of Chicago, uh, Memorial Day, so Memorial Day weekend. So I'm looking, I mean, I, I can't wait to see what they what they show. I mean, everyone sees it at the same time I do, and um, it was interesting the way that they edited it up. Uh, and what they included and what they didn't include. There were a lot of things that happened at Osage City that never made the final cut, at least that I saw, and, and uh, it was very surprising because we all saw, thought that it would be, uh, be on there. But at the same time, um, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing the show and, and seeing what they, what they come up with, and it's very exciting. Um, I've been telling people if you thought the first show was exciting, this is going to be even more. <laughs> Excellent. Lene Oxley is the pit master of Sugar's Barbecue and Catering. Uh, Linnea, I really appreciate you making the return trip tonight and uh, kind of breaking the show down for us. Uh, we'll tune in to see how it goes. You know, if you win, maybe we can have you back on to kind of recap that one as well. Absolutely, and everyone's asking me when it's going to air. I'm not sure. Um, I believe at least my episode, just keep watching the, ep- the episodes, but I think that particular one is going to air, I believe, the second Sunday in August, I believe. So uh, I'm not quite sure 
but just keep watching. And um, Greg, I'm a huge fan of your show and I've been listening to a lot for a long time. So I appreciate you having me on and sorry about last week. I kind of, uh, I blew the goose on that one. I apologize. <laughs> uh, no problem. Uh, my pleasure. And I really appreciate you coming out tonight, Lenny. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Greg. Have a good night. You got it. You too. There she is, Lene Axel, Sugar's Barbecue. Could I say appreciate it uh, 700 times in a row? Is that possible? Obviously it's possible because I just did it. Good English, idiot. My apologies. Get into the damn picture the right way. All right, folks, let me talk to you about the... Barbecue Guru, a breakthrough in barbecue technology, the creators of automatic pit temperature control technology. Uh, if you're a busy working professional, if you're constantly on the run with kids, you're doing errands, you don't have time to temp pit temperature controls, I understand. Uh, you have a bunch of different models to choose from, including the CyberQ Wi-Fi, the CyberQ2, the DigiQ DX2, and the newest unit, the PartyQ. It starts at $129 for most cookers. The PartyQ, easiest point of entry. For your pit temperature control device needs, it's a self-contained package, runs on AA batteries. Don't forget the Onyx oven as well. If you're looking for a cooker, it fits everything you're going to need. Uh, do yourself a favor. Head on over to thebbqguru.com or call 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU or thebbqguru.com, the Barbecue Guru, a breakthrough in barbecue technology. We're wrapping up the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, we are quickly back. How quickly? Very quickly. This will be about a 15-second segment. Uh, thanks to Lene Oxley for joining me, breaking down uh, the win that she had a couple weeks ago. It wasn't this past Sunday, but the Sunday before. Uh, she moves on to the regional round or the semifinal round. Always have to relate things to Sam's Club now. Still getting a lot of questions on the glasses. Just relax. Just having a little fun tonight. Just having a little fun. Hey, everybody. Everybody watching the All-Star Game, I heard Robbie Cano took one on the head. Beamed in the melon, it was fantastic. Reminded me of Rod Say back in the 70s. I'm just kidding. Um, we're coming back in the second hour with Daniel Vaughn and Scott Roberts. So, make a libation, come back and meet me at the top of the hour. See you then. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? <laughs> you have a great show, I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish, what? We ate fifty four wiener. Listen, Lavernius, shake face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working right now. Ooh. Top men.
All right, just like that, we are into the second hour. Boom. Check this email out real quick. From Brandon Richardella. Sugars was filmed at the Westmont Red, White, and Blue in Illinois. And, oh, wait a second. Wait a second. Brandon. Are you trying to play spoiler? Easy, buddy. Brandon also really big on uh, backyard cooking. Uh, I am not not on board with the backyard stuff. I didn't know that there. I mean, like I knew there was backyard stuff, but I didn't know like how serious it was or you know where you find any information on backyard stuff. He said the. Uh, the Brethren is a, a good resource for that. I was on The Brethren today. I researched it was a lot of the KCBS events. I didn't really see anything on the, the backyard stuff. But, hey, this show is uh, not just always barbecue. It's, you know, it's about barbecue most of the time, but not all the time. Uh, I would love to start covering a little bit more of the backyard stuff. So you know, if, if anybody out there is a backyard knowledgeable person that has results or knows where the big events are going to be or whatever. I just don't know about that stuff. You know, I'm like the national syndication show and, you know, all the other stuff kind of falls off to your local guys. You know, the blog talk radio stuff, you know, that's going to be like your local sports guy on your uh, station, you know, like ESPN Cleveland. And then you have like uh, Mike and Mike or Jim Rome or Howard Stern or somebody. You know, that's, that's the show. That's, that's, this is the national show. Okay. All right, uh, still to come tonight, Daniel Vaughn from Full Custom Gospel, the barbecue editor of Texas Monthly, and Scott Roberts will also be uh, joining us at 1035. On the show next week, the host of Barbecue Crawl, Danielle Damoski joins us. Anybody seeing this show, Barbecue Crawl? Also editor-in-chief of Tailgater Monthly, Lee Hurley slated to join us as well. I was in the... Most recent edition of Tailgater Monthly. Maybe you uh, saw it. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, dude. My G5 mechanic is checking it. Scotty, what's up? Scotty Walton and C-Bus. Get that thing gassed up, buddy. I'm taking it out tomorrow. We've got to make some calls to top men in various places across the country. So if you get Tailgater Monthly, uh, you will see me there in print. Also, you can just subscribe electronically, which I believe is for free. Go to page 21 or 22 and read the expose that they did on me. Oh, it's a fascinating read. Went to Cedar Point yesterday. If you're not friends with me on the Facebook, let me show you this picture. Uh, We were on the uh, Magnum XL 200. Let me give you a little spec on this. Uh, The track length is 5,100 feet. It'll take you up 205. It'll bring you down 195 at 60 degrees. And it will bring you to a top speed of 72 miles an hour, completing 5,100 feet in two minutes. This was built in 1989. Now, I actually lived here when uh, the Magnum XL 200 was originally built. And uh, right before you go into the, you know, near the end, there's a couple tunnels. The second tunnel, high-speed camera action. Uh, so this can spend your money. Uh, this is uh, me. It, well, you can see me. There's my daughter with the pink shirt on and then uh, her friend, uh, which is uh, just directly in front of me, uh, Naomi. Uh, is her face, my daughter's face, not one of the most 
awesome classic roller coaster pictures. People think I'm standing up. I'm just, you know, that much taller and I'm not afraid to put my hands up when we're going 72 miles an hour down a death trap of a roller coaster. Not me. My hands are up, buddy. My hands are up. We'll f- we we are full bore. That was fun. I I I never get those pictures, but that picture was just too good to pass up. It's too good. All right, the Sam's Club series rolled into Woodbury, Minnesota. This past weekend. This feeds into that Rockford, Illinois regional that will take place in just like uh, three weeks' time, I believe, August 3rd. The top six teams moving on to the regional finals are as follows, taking grand champion. Friend of the show, had a hellacious year, uh, year before last, Tippy Canoe Barbecue, Joe Beaver. Uh, 6.84 and a half and change takes it. Hey, look at this runner-up guy. He's an Iowa guy. Pigskin. Scott Nelson, 6.82.2. And uh, Roland Smoke Barbecue takes third place. T-Mac smoking fourth. Firefighting Cooking Crew takes fifth. And rounding out the top six, moving into Roxford, a J-Star Barbecue. So you're looking at roughly an 11-point difference from one to six. So pretty close. Uh, they were originally very close from uh, top to six, and then they were starting to widen out over the last number of weeks. So Joe Beeland, uh, Scott Nelson, both friends of the show, rolling on to the regional round. And don't forget, way back like in January or February, I did a interview on the KCBS Bullsheet with Troy Black, who is the Sam's Club host or the uh, director of Sam's Club. And I said the winner of Sam's Club will be coming out of the Rockford, Illinois regional. So I believe I'm still feeling pretty, pretty good about that pick. Uh, just for point of clarification, uh, Troy did not pick anybody because it was like a conflict of interest. I'm the director. I can't pick anybody. All right, so then there's this. So I'm watching this Master Chef show, and my main man, Lin Chi, who was on the show about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, well, he got eliminated this past Wednesday because he jacked up some dessert elimination challenge in the first hour of the show. Who cares about that? And trust me, in the grand scheme, who cares about that? Can someone please tell me what the F is going on with reality TV cooking shows? And these contestants preparing and then serving raw freaking chicken. Get that freak stuff out of here. Uh, newsflash, folks. It's called an instant read thermometer. Spend the $85. Buy a Thermapen, please. Or ask me. I will spend the $85. I will give you a Thermapen so you do not have to turn in raw chicken anymore. You know, for the love of all that is holy in the world of food, temp chicken before it hits the table. If you don't want to temp beef, fine. If you don't want to temp uh, ribs, fine. If you don't want to temp fish, fine. Temp the freaking chicken before it hits the table. I've seen it on Hell's Kitchen now. Here it is on Master Chef. There's been a number of shows in between that have served raw chicken. Look, let me be completely transparent here. I am not a chef. I have no desire to be a chef. I have no desire to be on any one of these cooking shows. But if I was, you know, would I bring all my rubs? Would I bring all my spices? Would I bring my super sharp knife that could cut my finger off? Would I bring these super sexy black rim glasses? Yeah, yeah, I would. 
Uh, I might also bring my freaking thermometer and know when to temp it to make sure that I might hit my target temperature. But more importantly, to know that I'm not serving raw chicken. To see these judges go up to these plates, especially on this Master Chef show that aired uh, just this past Wednesday, cutting into chicken and seeing it as if it had never been, somehow they were able to just like color the outside white or, or whatever they were spicing it up with. And then cutting down the center of the chicken, turning it up into the camera. It is as pink as salmon. It is as pink as raw chicken. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. I don't understand. How can you not? How can you not stick a thermometer in there to make sure? Isn't that just asking to be disqualified? If they were to serve that at a barbecue competition, they would be immediately told, get, get, out. get out of my barbecue competition, you bastard. But no, they, they were deep frying it raw. They were sauteing it raw. They were stuffing it raw. I would have taken just a small taint of pink. Taint of pink? What are we talking about? <laughs> Folks, it's raw chicken. It's on television. They're serving it in food contests on a regular basis. It is an epidemic of seismic and gargantuan proportion. But I do have the answer. It is an Issa Read Me from it's, he- it's technology that has been widely available for any number of years. <laughs> it is beyond preposterous that people on TV shows are cooking raw chicken. <laughs> it's raw. I mean, it's not like almost. It's never. Patrick Paquette, I never tempt chicken. Why tempt it if you cook it over 200 degrees? <laughs> You son of a bitch. All right, gang, here we go. If you're like me, you're always trying to think of ways to step up that barbecue and grilling game. No better or easier way to do it than by adding a little barber, uh, barber, butcher barbecue to it. We all know Butcher is well known for the injections, the pork, the beef. Now, the prime injection, of course, bird booster as well if you want to inject the bird. Which has combined uh, all the things, well, the Prime Injection has combined all the things loved with the Beef Injection using its award-winning flavor enhancer, its ability to keep your brisket juicy. Uh, combined it with the competition in beef flavor, the standard in beef flavor, available for sale right now, ButcherBBQ.com. Uh, so is the Bird Booster. The Bird Booster is great. If you want to retain moisture, give yourself a bigger target, holding longer with moisture. How about, you know, brining gets you 7%. Bird Booster gets you 21%. You know, I'm no mathematical genius, but that's like 758% more with the Bird Booster than if you brine it. Maybe a little less than that. Now, if you're looking for the go-to rubs and sauces, you've hit the mother load here as well. You have the uh, steak and brisket rub, the honey rub. You have the premium rub. Use that especially if you inject with Butchers because it's formulated to work with the injection. The one-two punch that we always talk about here on the show to impress judges and friends alike. And, of course... Last but not least, the sweet barbecue sauce. Look, when it comes to sauce, I'm as picky as it gets, no doubt about it. But there's no liquid smoke in here. You have a nice slice of tang, just the right amount of back-end heat for crying out loud, as we've said before, no liquid smoke. Dave took the time and effort to make a quality sauce. Didn't take the easy way out like most do when they add in that liquid smoke. And, of course, we still have that trade-in program going on right now. So if you are 
less than enthused with a competitor's injection. Go to ButcherBBQ.com, click on the trade-in link, print out the label, ship whatever commercially uh, made injection you have off to Dave. He'll weigh it, and in return, he'll give you the pork, the beef, or the prime injection at your behest. His customers are happy. His competitors' customers are now happy. And you're not wasting money and getting uh, fisticuffs from the, the wife because you spent money on injections that you don't use. You could have taken around the town. Could have taken around the town. ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. We are back with the number one profit of smoked meat, Daniel Vaughn, right after this. Stick around. Be right back. Live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, we are back. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. If you want to jump in tonight, don't forget, coming up around 1035, Scott Roberts reviewing sauces and rubs. My first guest in the second hour used to be an architect and a mere barbecue hobbyist. Eating, reviewing, writing about smoked meats for his popular blog, Full Custom Gospel Barbecue. Then this March, hobby turned to profession. He became the country's one and only barbecue editor. His first book, The Prophets of Smoked Meat, A Journey Through Texas Barbecue, was released in May 2013 by Eco, Anthony Bourdain's line of books. Let's race over to the hotline and welcome back a friend of the show, Daniel Vaughn, joining us here. Daniel, how are you, buddy? How are you? I'm doing absolutely I'm doing fantastic. Great. Good. I'm doing fantastic as well. Appreciate you making time for the show tonight, Daniel. You know, before we get into the Texas Monthly stuff and all that great uh, whatnot, for the folks maybe who aren't up to speed on you and you know how you initially got started, maybe a little background about you and on that uh, FCG website. Yeah, like you said, I started out as an architect who needed a hobby, so that hobby became eating a lot of barbecue and writing about it. Uh, I, I did most of that on full custom gospel barbecue. Uh, it, uh, you know, it was it was great traveling all over the state and learning about barbecue traditions and just learning how the barbecue changed across the state. But but I wanted to know more. Uh, I really wanted to get to know the state a little bit better and get to know those traditions a lot deeper. So uh, I decided I'd maybe write a book about it. And that took me about 10,000 miles across the state and um, ate at a couple of hundred barbecue joints for the book. And now I'm I've bugged probably, I don't know, 600 barbecue joint visits across the country and oh. uh, still going strong. Uh, Daniel Vaughn joining us here on the show. If you want to check out texasmonthly.com slash food, you can find a lot of his work right there while we're talking and uh, look at some pictures and read some articles as well. You know, in regards to the Full Custom Gospel website, Daniel, when did you realize you kind of had a hit and a following with that particular effort? Well, it was probably about a, a year and a half into writing. Uh, I, people actually started, I, I noticed people started using the website as an actual resource of, of where to go across the state and started to, uh, you know, actually respect my opinion about it, which uh, <laughs> surprised me a little bit at the time. But uh, it was really that point that, that it got me going even more, you know, I really wanted to 
try more barbecue joints, really wanted to get more reviews out there and, and really just wanted to learn more about Texas barbecue. So I really started reading a lot more books on Texas barbecue, uh, reading a lot of other people's reviews on barbecue across the state to try and find some of those hidden gems. So in March, you get on with Texas Monthly to become the country's first and to date only barbecue editor. You know, how does that deal come to be? And that had to be like a huge deal for you, right? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, one of those things, uh, being able to turn a hobby that becomes an, a passion and then an obsession. And, and uh, as my wife said, how are you going to make money off this thing? Well, uh, <laughs> I finally did. You know, I, I went and went all over the state researching the book. And at that point, Texas Monthly decided it might be a good idea to at least use my barbecue knowledge to help uh, on a scouting mission for the Texas Monthly Top 50. So Texas Monthly every year puts out a Top 50 barbecue joints issue. So uh, we partnered up, and actually all the research in the book was uh, an advanced scouting mission for the Texas Monthly Top 50. So I came back from that and gave Texas Monthly some new leads, um, and then I was going to be part of the of the tasting team for the 2013 issue. But that was really the extent of our uh, relationship until uh, it was probably October, November of last year. I finally called the editor uh, at Texas Monthly, Jake Silverstein, and said, you know, just if, you, if you've never considered this or if you've ever considered it, uh, I would consider quitting my job as an architect to write about barbecue full-time. I uh, just wanted to throw it out there, and, <laughs> and he bit. It's just that easy, right? Just everybody call up your uh, local guy and say, hey, I'm willing to quit my job to write about barbecue. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's just that easy, right? <laughs> well, you know, there were several months of back and forth, and you know, then I finally realized that they were willing to pay me to do that. Uh, but then realized that I'd have all my barbecue paid for and a whole lot of my travel paid for across the state, too. So when you added it all up, it was a pretty good deal. And, and you know, the the X factor of being able to do what I love for a living is, is really hard to measure. So let me, I mean, I'm not looking for uh, specifics here, but, you know, I imagine as an architect, you're probably doing okay. Uh, does being the barbecue editor for Texas Monthly pay comparable to that? Did you have to make some, some cuts here and there? What did your wife think? Uh, well, <laughs> uh, first barbecue itself, uh, doing, doing it at the rate I was doing it, uh, as a hobby certainly wasn't a cheap hobby. So when you, when you take that out of the mix, my salary now is about two thirds of what my salary was before. So you're, you're actually the first person to ever ask all I, all I've ever seen written was he took a significant pay cut. Um, but yeah, it's about two thirds of what it was. But then again, when you factor in all of the miles that I was logging, all the travel, and then just all the barbecue I was eating, um, you know, that it, it's, it starts to make it up. The question that always kind of comes to my mind and almost feel like, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not, but you know, I almost feel like I'm talking to Joey Chestnut in a way where, you know, you've just, you're not eating in the same quantity as he is, but I mean, you're eating in, you know, 600 plus barbecue joints across the state now and across the country. Uh, I got to imagine, you know, one of the questions you're getting the most is, you know, how are you eating all of this barbecue all the time? Does the palate ever get tired? Is there fatigue? Do you wake up one day and be like, God, you know, I just don't feel like barbecue anymore. You've just never hit those plateaus yet, or are there some days where you have to push through? Well, there are some days where you have to push through, and then you also, you know, I have to allow myself. Uh, some time to reset or some visits to to reset a little bit to go back and enjoy those places and just have barbecue for the fun of it. Um, I'm, I'm literally right now sitting outside of Louis Miller Barbecue in Taylor, Texas. We just 
finished up a, uh, a Texas monthly dinner there where we got to interview Wayne and got to uh, talk with him behind the pit and, and really talk to him about his business and ate some of his incredible beef ribs and brisket mm. um, and some of the homemade sausage here. It's those kind of visits where you really get to eat some of the state's best that, that you get a little bit of a recharge and, and you get to remember how great barbecue can be. So what are you supposed to be doing as barbecue editor of Texas Monthly? Like, what did you guys define out as far as, you know, what Daniel's going to be doing on a day-to-day basis contributing to Texas Monthly? Yeah, well, uh, for the most part, they they created a domain for me, uh, both literally and figuratively, uh, tmbbq.com. So uh, I write almost daily on tmbbq, and I had always written barbecue reviews, but now I'm also writing interviews, so taking uh, interviews from pitmasters all over the state, long-form interviews, uh, also writing a weekly column uh, on something a little bit more in-depth about barbecue. Uh, recently, I went to a class called Beef 101 at Texas A&M where we uh, did a pretty intensive three-day study on beef slaughter and butchering, uh, so I wrote about that. I also, um, I'm just about to publish a story about uh, there was a barbecue joint, a little bit of a feud going on in Rockport, Texas, where uh, the pitmaster basically got kicked out of his own business, and uh, they're still using his name. So Uh-oh. now there will be two Hatfields barbecues in Rockport, Texas. So <laughs> uh, it's it's really running the whole gamut. Is there when you're doing a restaurant review? I mean, are you pretty like? recognized at this point given the you know the, the length of time you've been doing it and now now that you're with texas monthly are you like recognized when you go in to do a review or are you still able to fly under the radar you know it really varies from place to place uh like i said i'm out here at louis miller barbecue i've talked to wayne so many times that there's really no way i'm going to walk into here and not be recognized <laughs> uh but the review i just posted today was at a place up near lake texoma in northern texas and those people had no clue who I was. Uh, really, it just varies from wherever you go in the state. There are some people who uh, will send me emails asking me to, to come to their place to try it out, and they'll buy me dinner. Of course, I can't do that. I pay for my barbecue wherever I go. But, uh, you know, it, it there is more recognition that happens, but it really just does vary from place to place. Is there a lot of pressure on you when you're doing a restaurant review? And I guess what kind of criteria do you have in place in order to to make those decisions and then publish? Well, uh, like I always say, the most important part is the meat. There are many factors that go into uh, a barbecue experience, of course, whether it's the atmosphere, the service, the the sides, the desserts, all of those. All those things do factor in somewhat, but if the meat's no good, the review isn't going to be a glowing one. Uh, it, it really is. How is the brisket? How are the pork ribs? Uh, do you make your own sausage? That's a big plus. You know, do you have a, another great protein option? Do you have a great pulled pork or a pork loin? Uh, maybe a beef rib. So it, it's really, it's really about the quality of the meat. Um, how much skill does the pitmaster show in in the way that they're able to to smoke the smoke all the different kinds of meat that they've got on the menu. Uh, and then, you know, just what the overall experience is like. All right, so being a Texas barbecue expert, what defines, I guess, in your opinion, good barbecue in Texas? Well, number one, you got to have great brisket. So in, in Texas, beef is king. We, we certainly do a lot of other things well, uh, pork ribs, pork loin, 
Um, but really it comes down to how good is the brisket, um, and then beef ribs. And if you got beef ribs on your menu and you can do a great job with a beef short rib, uh, that, that's certainly one of those, one of those cuts that you're not going to find really outside of Texas very often. Um, and then beef sausages. So I don't really know of another barbecue style where sausage plays so heavily into it. And it's really, uh, in, in some, in some areas, sausage, smoked sausage wouldn't even be considered barbecue, but in nearly every Texas barbecue joint, you're going to find sausages. And, and a lot of those you are going to find beef sausages rather than pork sausages. So, uh, again, it just really all comes down to the beef. When you post uh, an in, or a uh, review that isn't perhaps very glowing or favorable to a uh, eatery, do they come back at you at all and say, hey, you know, that's not fair, or, you know, why would you post that, or you should give us another chance, or is that just part and parcel with what you're doing? Uh, it happens very rarely. Uh, I, you know, I post plenty of positive reviews, plenty of negative ones. Uh, I just posted one here recently on, on the Slow Bone in Dallas. Basically said, you know, this is a place that's relatively new. They're three months into it. They're, they've improved greatly from the time they open. Uh, they're basically on a very good trajectory as far as the barbecue goes. Uh, it, it's, it's almost getting there. It's almost really good stuff, but it's not quite there. And I got a Twitter response from, uh, from the owner of the place almost immediately that said, eh, didn't love it, didn't hate it, seems fair, thanks. You know, so that that's the kind of response that I'm looking for. I I don't want to uh, put undue praise on someone. I certainly don't ever want to be mean for the sake of being mean or just or just trying to get a laugh out of somebody. This is somebody's business. This is uh, often somebody's life savings that we're talking about. So I certainly don't take it lightly. Uh, but I also, you know, the Texas Monthly's name on it, 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 their name is on it now. So if it's a recommendation for me, it's a recommendation from Texas Monthly. And I certainly don't want to be sending people on long journeys to go eat mediocre barbecue. Is there one thing that has stood out on the menu where you're like, Man, what the hell is that, and why is that on a barbecue menu in Texas? <laughs> well, uh, wow. One thing that stood out. I mean, one of the things that we're starting to see a little bit of is, pork, is smoked pork belly. Uh, that certainly doesn't come from any sort of Texas barbecue tradition. Uh, <laughs> it's certainly delicious, and I welcome more of it. Uh, but it, it is something that's a little crazy. Now, when I go to uh, when I went to San Antonio into a place called the Granary, and the Granary uh, they really have two separate menus. They have a lunchtime menu where they do more traditional barbecue cuts, and they have a dinnertime menu where they do uh, much more. Uh, well, they do plated dinners that have a lot more to them. So uh, I had a it had cracked spent quinoa on top of uh, shoulder clod in a cherry reduction sauce. Um, so it, it was some good shoulder clot as long as you get the, the cherry sauce and the quinoa out of the way. So I, I would say probably most of the menu, most of the dinnertime menu at the granary was, uh, was a little bit odd, but certainly not, not anything bad. Just, uh, just something that, that catches you off guard a little bit. Daniel Vaughn joining us here on the show, the barbecue editor for Texas Monthly, TM, like Michael, or Texas Monthly, uh, tmbbq.com is his direct website if you want to check it out here while we're talking. And if we could uh, kind of transition just a little bit, you talked about that class you took at Texas A&M, uh, the experience in the slaughterhouse. You know, you have an article up on Texas Monthly right now talking about that. I found it fascinating 
You know, you go to oh, thank you. You go to these PETA websites, and they show hidden camera video from some dude, and it looks as barbaric as it could be. But look, I mean, you know, you're killing live animals. So I mean, how unbarbaric could it be? Uh, but give us a glimpse of kind of what you saw, where you were, and what your takeaway was. Well, uh, it, it, the class actually started with all of the students out in a pen with seven steers. So each, uh, there were about 28 students, so uh, there were four to a team. So a, a team of four went and, and estimated the grade of a live steer. So you're right there feeling the briskets, feeling the, the amount of fat on the ribs, and also looking right into its eyes. I mean, it's, it's right there standing in front of you. And then just trying to determine what kind of grade you think you're going to get on the animal. Uh, and then we went back into a classroom for an hour, went uh, into the slaughter room floor, and they were stunning the uh, the seven steers that we had just graded, uh, you know, hanging them up, uh, bleeding them out, skinning them, eviscerating them, cutting them in half. And then they went into a cooler to chill, and the next day we broke that animal down that we had just uh, live graded the day before. So it was an eye-opening experience in the fact that, um, you know, it's certainly not something you see every day unless you're in the beef slaughter industry. And it gives you a much greater respect for that animal, and, and it gives you it gives you pause when you look down at your plate and you're like, ah, I don't feel like finishing that brisket off. I'm just going to throw it away. Well, you know, an animal had to die so that brisket was on your plate. So uh, it's probably worth putting it in a to-go box, taking home, taking it home, and finding a way to use it. So it does give you a, a greater amount of respect. Um, you know, as far as the process works, you know, when you go back out from going into that classroom the first time and you get to, get to see the whole breakdown process here, what are they using to, you know, stun it? Is it like an electrical thing? Are they uh, tapping it over the head with a hammer? I mean, how does that work? Well, it's a stunner. So it's an actual pin that uh, goes into the head and, and punctures the skull, and it stuns them. And so they're basically knocked out. Um, and so it's, it's, you probably heard of the term cash knocker is a more, uh, is a more common way to do it. But this one they think is a little more humane because it's, uh, it works a hundred percent of the time. Whereas a, a cash knocker can have a, some, it can have some, uh, pretty ugly things that happen if it doesn't work on the first shot. All right. So it's stunned. And then is it, uh, is it like picked up or the, you know, the only video so that I've ever it? seen is like uh, the, the, the the cattle has gone up in this big like Ferris wheel type machine. It's turned upside down with its head out. Some dude walks out with a blade, cuts its throat open, rips out its larynx, and then it's just spit out like completely alive, just bleeding out. Uh, this is obviously nothing like that. Right. So the animal is stunned, and then it's hung up by uh, one of its hooves um, up on a rail, and it's hung upside down. It's completely knocked out. And then its uh, throat is slit to bleed out. So the the heart pumps out blood for about so five minutes or so, and then it is uh, then its its feet are taken off, its head's taken off, and then it is skinned, and then it's uh, eviscerated to take all the guts out, and then it's it continues to move on down the line. So the the process at Texas A and M is a little bit different because it's a smaller scale operation. These are all steps that would be done by the same person every time. So the same person would do each one of these steps over and over and over in an actual slaughterhouse. And uh, the, it, at the rate of some of the bigger slaughterhouses, they'd be doing whatever their particular move or cut is every yep. six or eight seconds. Wow. So it's something that happens much quicker in the uh, in the big business of, of slaughterhouses. But in this, 
in this setting, it, it happened a little more slowly, so you could see how the process actually happened. So, I mean, are you, uh, are you like, oh my God? Are you like, eh, that's happening? I mean, got to imagine when that thing's throat slit, it's like Niagara Falls of red. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, nobody in the room was, oh my God, or fainting, but <laughs> It was a it's it's a somber experience. I mean, you're watching an animal that you were just basically touching, uh, trying not to pet, uh, <laughs> but basically trying to determine how much fat is on this live animal, and then it's uh, you know then it's dying right in front of you. So uh, I, I just told myself over and over, you know, don't lock your knees. Like <laughs> uh. <laughs> whatever you do, you don't want to be the guy to pass out in here. But at no point did I feel like it was going to be something that's overwhelming. The probably the the most off-putting thing is then when they when they skin the heads and put the head on the table. Anything that still has any spinal tissue that's touching it will have a twitch that continues, uh, and so the entire face continues to twitch uh, for like a half hour. So that's um, that was probably the most odd thing to have to witness. All right. Well, this is. Uh exactly how i thought we would end this conversation talking about uh, cow death uh, eminently but i think you know in the in the in the grand scheme of things well you know i i i write about i basically eat beef for a living and i write about <laughs> eating barbecue for a living i felt like i really needed to have an experience where i oh. saw what goes into what what is required so that i can make my living uh, i think that is absolutely something that should have been done and i especially think that that's something that needs to come to light because of organizations like a Peter or something that is going to show, I mean, look, it's going to die one way or the other. I mean, if you're just not going to be eating meat, you don't eat meat and you think everything's bad if it's got meat involved, but there's better ways, more humane ways to do it than the ones that they're showing you. And you were actually able to witness that and see how that's going down. So uh, that at least gives us some glimmer of hope that, you know, while it, like you said, it's a somber experience, the, the steer is going down, uh, it's it's done in the most humane way possible, and uh, I think if anybody wants to check that out, they need to go to the website and, and read up on it, because I thought it was absolutely fascinating. I thought it was great work. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, so you got Hatfields versus Hatfields. What else is uh, coming up in the, the hopper that we could look for? Well, I'm going to be writing uh, one this week about beef ribs, so specifically about all the different cuts you can use for beef ribs, the different qualities of those cuts, and uh, different techniques that pitmasters across the state are using to get the best out of their beef ribs. Daniel, how the hell do you come to Cleveland and not even give your boy a shout-out? What the hell is going on with stuff? <laughs> what happened there? I, I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. <laughs> well, you know, I, I figured as much as I promoted it on Twitter and on my website that, that I'd get a call from you, you know, welcoming Damn. me to the city of Cleveland. Welcoming you to tell you to get the hell out as quickly as possible is typically how it goes. <laughs> Nevertheless, next time you're in town. I had a great time at the Greenhouse Tavern. They, they were great folks. Yeah, it's a, it's a great place to go. Next time you're in town, we'll hook up for sure. Uh, we're talking with Daniel Vaughn, the uh, barbecue editor for Texas Monthly. Uh, you can find it at texasmonthly.com or tmbbq.com, the direct link to Daniel's website. Daniel, appreciate the time tonight. Let's do it again soon, buddy. Yeah, you bet. Thank you. You got it. There he is. Daniel Vaughn, Texas Monthly. About that. Dude was in Cleveland. No. no. I think sometimes people forget, you know, promoting on Twitter. You know, if you have more than, you know, well, if you have 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 followers on Twitter, you have this. 
gets lost now. Not going to lie. It's lost. Next time. Next time, Dane. I'm telling you that Slaughter article is fascinating. You've got to check it out. TMBBQ.com. Scott Roberts coming up next. Again, let me talk to you quickly about Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply, a trusted online retailer, longtime supporter of this show, carriers of Kamado Joe Cookers, Meadow Creek Cookers, spices, sauces, accessories, ready to ship to you directly. Oak Ridge Brines and Rubs, Plowboys Rubs and Sauces, Smoke on Wheels products. Tasty Licks Barbecue is your big green egg headquarters, including many items for the egg you can't get anywhere else. Also, Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply, carrying the Harry Sue's line of chicken rub which won him the uh, KCBS Team of the Year in Chicken. How about that category? Uh, looking for injections? No problem. Tasty Licks Barbecue carries all the heavy hitters here as well. Butcher's Barbecue, Cosmos Q, every type of barbecue guru, and their associated accessory. Tasty Licks, a Green Mountain Pellet Grill dealer as well. And Fred says right here on the show they provide classes to the public. Uh, I believe he's doing a brisket class uh, either this weekend or next weekend. So take it. Uh, t- do some research. TastyLicksBBQ.com. And attention teams, Tasty Licks, your competition headquarters as well. All supplies for competition teams, hands in different sizes, aluminum trays, gloves, thermometers, turn-in boxes for practice. Make this your one-stop shop, TastyLicksBBQ.com. That's TastyLicksBBQ.com. Right, we're coming back with Scott Roberts for Sauce and Rub Reviews. But first, a giveaway. Sweet Smoke Q Juice coming up. Show where we give stuff away, yeah. It's free and you don't have to pay a thing, that's why it's free, yeah. Alright, you can win from Jim Elser, the pitmaster from Sweet Smoke Q. A bottle of Sweet Smoke Q juice. If you uh, feel that your odds are in peril tonight... Just go to Sweet Smoke and then the letter Q, Sweet Smoke, the letter Q dot com, Sweet Smoke Q dot com, and order uh, both his original spicy and uh, got two different brands of sauces, which I'm going to try on this show at some point. Uh, and you can also buy the Sweet Smoke Q juice, which is a poor congestion doing very well in the uh, Florida Barbecue Association as well as uh, many other sanctioning bodies. Uh, so thanks to Jim Elser. Uh, in the subject line of the email you're about to send me, Daniel Vaughn Cowkiller. Daniel Vaughn Cowkiller for your chance to win a bottle of Sweet Smoke Q juice from SweetSmokeQ.com. Good luck. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, we're back, 877-448-0433, Greg at com. if you want to jump in tonight. Thanks again to Daniel Vaughn from Texas Monthly, tmbbq.com or texasmonthly.com slash food. Whichever way you like best, you tell me. All right, helping me close the show tonight, a monthly contributor. He's the official sauce and rub reviewer for the Barbecue Central Show. He's also one of the foremost experts in the world of fiery foods. Let's go ahead and welcome back friend, guest, overall great guy, and my buddy, Scott Roberts. Scott, how are you, buddy? Fantastic. How are you doing, Greg? Doing absolutely fabulous. Scott, appreciate you joining me tonight. 
a uh, number of things to get to uh, as far as products that we'll be reviewing. But before we do that, uh, you are, as I had mentioned in the open, a foremost expert on things that are uh, fiery food-esque. News, late-breaking tips, hottest peppers, you know, what's going on in the world of fiery foods right now? Nothing late-breaking, nothing important. It's uh, the whole chili pepper race. It's kind of gotten ridiculous. Everybody wants their own official world's hottest pepper. Guinness still recognizes the Trinidad scorpion pepper. Uh, The Chili Pepper Institute of New Mexico did a big, huge, super hot uh, study, basically. took them 10, 11 months last year, very comprehensive. And it was actually the Trinidad Maruga scorpion, which was the pepper king. Of course, I have reported it on here on the Barbecue Central radio show last year. And that's the one I kind of recognize as the world's hottest pepper. Have we uh, reached a point at this stage of the pepper game, Scott, where we might not see anything hotter than where we're at? Have we plateaued on the hotness? You know, I don't think so. I think chili peppers could probably reach higher. Right now, the hottest Trinidad Maruga scorpion has reached more than 2 million Scoville units. It would not surprise me at all if there was a perfect combination of uh, the soil used, the right humidity, growing conditions, etc., etc. If something could be 2.5 million, maybe even 3 million. But once you get to that heat level, that is like commercial-grade pepper spray. It's just (laughs) going to be pain in your mouth. So what are you going to be – if you have something that is that big – um, well, in that big in, in as far as the heat is concerned, like what are you using that in? If I grew that in my backyard and I was able to make something, is that, well, first of all, I guess, is that something you could grow in your backyard or is that like a commercial deal? Oh, you can absolutely grow it in your backyard. As a matter of fact, uh, probably six or seven out of the past eight years, I've grown chili peppers like that in pots. I've grown the scorpions, the ghost peppers, the maruga scorpion. And what I like to do is dry them out, uh, grind them up, and just use them as just like a little bit of dried chili pepper powder to add to food. A tiny bit to add to some chili, to add some really fierce heat. Uh, chili peppers actually do, even that hot, have a distinctive flavor. Now, if hot sauce makers could utilize that flavor and combine them with the right ingredients, uh, they could make a pretty good tasting sauce. It will also happen to be pretty damn hot. Like super hot. Super hot, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, like- when you get that hot, we're not talking about Tabasco here. Right. I mean, this isn't, uh, you know, Frank's Red Hot or Tabasco. I mean, this is like uh, something you got to hold off in a safe and make sure that you have the palate that's going to be able to hold that. Sometimes it could be like that. Now that there are a few hot sauce makers that have kind of diluted the heat a little bit with other ingredients, fruits and garlic and spices and a little out of these thrown in there. Uh, you can keep it in your refrigerator. Uh, but it's probably the hottest of the chili heads who could tolerate this kind of thing. But but you know, if you're acclimated to that kind of heat, you could easily pour a bunch of it, you know, off, and it's not going to kill you. Well, good. We don't want to die when we're eating hot sauce. We just want to feel like it and then Absolutely. have tremendously hot diarrhea the next day. All right, so let's get into the uh, things that we're reviewing tonight, Scott. The first thing is Pappy's. Hottest ride in town barbecue sauce. So immediately I'm thinking that might be, you know, I'm wondering where this falls into the heat sauce for uh, the barbecue people, not the fiery foods guys. Uh, for the barbecue people, this would be the upper echelon of heat. 
Wow. Uh, you can see the bottle right yep. here. I rarely <laughs> put super hot stuff on your show. Most people could not take this at all. As a matter of fact, it's a little hot for me. I did just take it in little dabs or maybe even mix it with another hot sauce. Now, this, for the heat, uses chili pepper, the chili pepper extract, you know, a capsicum extract, yep. which uh, by most descriptions, and I previously described it as being a really chemical, almost like a metallic taste, it's really bitter, and it makes most sauces horrible tasting. This one does not make it so terrible, but it does add the extreme heat. For the barbecue fanatics out there who are extreme chili heads, they could probably take this one. Anyone else, they just want to stay away from it. But you know, it was sent to me. I reviewed it. The actual flavor profile is not too terribly bad. It's a good, sweet, tomato-based barbecue sauce. Um, if you are just looking for something on the scorching side, uh, you could probably give this a try. I would not coat a rack of ribs with it. It's to eat that much, to consume that much, unless you're the extreme daredevil, it's probably going to be too much for you. All right. So, uh, what are we looking at as far as amount, price point, and where can you get it? Okay. Uh, it could be found at bourbonq, the letter Q, dot com. Uh, but for a, I have to say for a cheaper price, just type in Pappy's Hottest Ride in Town Barbecue Sauce. You can find it in places like Amazon for a buck cheaper than the maker's website. It comes in a 12-ounce container. You can get it for around $556 plus shipping. All right, and this is something that maybe uh, if you're not going to be using it uh, by itself, you know, a couple teaspoons here, a couple teaspoons there, and something else just to kind of kick it up a notch or two. Pretty much. A good way to use this is an additive, and it will blend pretty harmoniously with a lot of your sweeter, richer tomato-based barbecue sauces. All right. Uh, next item up here for bid is uh, something called barbecue fix sauce. Am I saying that right? Uh, it's actually the initials for Phoenix, Phoenix, Arizona, PHX, their airport code, what have you. Got it. So it was named after that. It's an uh, Arizona-based barbecue company. Uh, this one – has a pretty unique flavor profile. It's the, the sweet, rich tomato-based, uh, kind of like the aforementioned one. But this one utilizes a lot of jalapenos in it to give it a peppery flavor. And there's also a, a special kind of odd, almost like a fatty meat dynamic to it. And I happen to look on the ingredients, and what fits that best is chicken stock. So I imagine that's what's kind of giving that really rich, slightly different flavor profile. I happen to like it quite a lot. I mean, this will go great, you know, on pork, chicken, beef. If you happen to like sweet sauces and all that kind of stuff. Uh, this one uh, also comes in a 12-ounce bottle. You can get it from the bbqphx.com website for 530 plus shipping and handling. This one, if you're looking for something off the beaten path, I would highly recommend it. Do you have a and rating the, for it? The rating for this would be a top ten call. Wow, look at that. All right, we didn't we, we were remiss in not rating Pappy's hottest ride in town barbecue sauce. What uh, rating did you give that one? Uh Pappy's would be just a little bit under a backyard griller. Uh two and a half out of five. That doesn't mean it's bad as a sauce, it's kind of average. You know, uh, plus the heat would be off-putting to most people. So, yeah, probably backyard griller for the other one. But the BBQ PHX sauce, 
four out of five back or uh, top ten call. All right, so uh, 12 ounces, $5.30, and then shipping and handling on top of that, bbqphx.com if you want to check that out. And then the last item you're reviewing tonight is Dizzy Pig Raising the Steaks Canadian-style barbecue rub. Now, look, uh, Dizzy Pig widely considered to be one of the, the bigger, more successful commercial barbecue rub makers in the country. I mean, are we stretching with Canadian-style Barbecue rub, does Canada have its own style of barbecue? I mean, last I checked, they're probably importing more from America than they're making there, Canadian-style-wise. Are we just reaching with a name? What do you think? I think they are. Uh, If you would ask me what Canadian-style barbecue is, I would just draw a blank. I don't know if somebody like Ted Reeder or Daniel Domofsky could maybe help explain that, but I, I don't know. I, to me, it doesn't ring a bell as far as, you know, oh, it's th- this type of spice or something added to it. Maybe it has, uh, maybe it has Molson Golden in it. Remember Molson Golden, Scott? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. love that beer. Kind of dried and put it in powder oh, form. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Low and brow, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, this uh, Dizzy Pig Raisin the Steaks Rub absolutely fantastic rub and you'd mentioned they're one of the bigger specialty companies and this is one of the reasons why it's it has a very salty but not overly salty flavor profile it has things like you know uh fresh uh, peppercorns in it garlic and there are certain bites you kind of take you taste one thing one bite another type of spice another bite it doesn't mean it's inconsistent but you know, in some of the bites you taste a really nice balanced coriander flavor, which I really seem to enjoy. And this, of course, as you can guess by the name, raising the steaks, it's all beef. I would not try this on anything else. It's all savory, no sweetness, really not a lot of heat. Maybe you know some of the strength from the salt and the garlic kind of kicks it up. But it's not hot. It's not sweet. But it's all savory. Uh, with a lot of salt, and I dig it big time. All right, so I don't want to make it seem like I, I have a better palate than anybody here that I know what I'm talking about, but if you have you know something like this that is like beef, I think that there's a difference between steak rub and brisket rub. I mean, they're both beef, but you know I prefer to have my brisket maybe have a little bit of sweetness in it where I don't want any sweet on my steak. That's like really weird to my potential palate. Uh, do you find the same thing or not necessarily? Uh, personally, I do find the same thing. Uh, I kind of like my steaks like my burgers, and that is a complete lack of sweetness. If you put any type of you know, sugar at all, it's just going to be off-putting to me. It's like, what the hell is that? Uh, so I do like a, a little bit more complexity with brisket, but this is made for steaks well, and hamburgers too, and it is nearly perfect for that. And I, I really love this product. All right, so uh, price point, how much do you get and where can you get it? Okay, it's nine seventy five for an eight ounce shaker bottle. I don't have it with me. It's it's probably outside still. Uh, you can get it at dizzypigbbq.com. And uh, my overall rating, once again, this would be a top ten call. All right, so certainly worth it, no doubt about it. Uh, Scott, what's going on with the website? Uh, still doing the weekly firecast uh, things you got in the hopper. Uh, weekly firecast. Yeah, still doing it. Uh, took a couple week long break just because I was moving at the time. 
Uh, I have a couple of shows in the can ready to go by the end of this week. So everybody, if they're into the spicy side of things, hot sauce, you know, I do cover barbecue and grilling, but you know, I also talk about chili peppers, hot sauce, the whole fiery foods industry. If you're interested in listening to that, that podcast can be found at weeklyfirecast.com. Of course, I always recommend everybody, you know, subscribe to BBQ Central. Of course, I mean, who wouldn't do that, right? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's it, it, you've cornered the market. You have the best show on radio, internet, you name it. Thank you, Scott. Uh, Scott Roberts is the official sauce and rub reviewer right here on this show. You can also visit scottrobertsweb.com to check out what's happening in the world of fiery foods and obviously get that weekly firecast as well. Scott, always appreciate the time, and we will talk to you, believe it or not, in August. Wow. Where's the year gone? I don't know, but it'll be there. We'll <laughs> see you in August, buddy. Okay. Well, thank you, Greg. Right. I appreciate it. You got it. There he is. Scott Roberts. ScottRobertsWeb.com if you want to check him out. I like uh, the fiery uh, fire, the weekly firecast as well. And if you like different industries that are kind of similar but different, you know why not? Yeah, Tasty Licks carries that uh, steak rub too. Of course, of course, you know Fred does, right? All right, gang. Let me talk to you about the official jeweler to the Barbecue Central show and to barbecue people in general, Stephen DeFranco. Look, folks. Uh, Summer is rapidly coming to an end. What better way to get yourself into the proper frame of mind than with a fine timepiece or a, a pair of diamond earrings for your wife or girlfriend, perhaps a same-sex lover, whatever. Ooh, bacon. Bacon wafting through the house at uh, 1053. Um, visit stephendefranco.com if you're not in town. Peruse the inventory, and once you find what you like, you give Steve a call, 440-943-2700, 440-943-2700. Ask for Steve. If somebody answers the phone that doesn't say, this is Steve DeFranco, say, I'd like to talk to Steve. He'll get on the phone, say, hey, Steve, I'm a barbecue brother or sister. I'm a centralite. I listen to you every week on the show. Rempe is always doing the live reads for you, and I saw this watch or this piece of jewelry or this custom bowl, whatever the case may be. No, not that kind of bowl, central lights. Come on now. Stay classy. Uh, what can I do? Well, he will ask you a bunch of questions. He'll determine that what you are looking for is actually going to meet your needs. And then uh, once he has deciphered what you're looking for specifically, he'll make recommendations. And then watch the dollars fall off. I mean, give me a break. Uh, you're going to get free shipping, of course. You're going to get, if you have a watch or something that's engravable, is that a word? Uh, free engraving of the watch obviously gets free batteries for life. He'll set the time. You get an extra year of warranty when you buy it through Stephen DeFranco. It's absolutely the place you need to look. I tell everybody all the time. If you have always wanted to get in a relationship with a jeweler that you know, that you can trust, that I'm doing business with pretty much on a monthly basis, uh, this is the guy you want to talk to. Plus, since you know him, you are saving money. You go to Rogers, you go to Zales, you go to Jared or any of these chain places. Uh, it's a little thing called overhead. You know what that means? You don't get to save the money. Stephen DeFranco's is a single brick-and-mortar place right in the business district of Willoughby, Ohio. A little different pricing structure there, a little different scheme, a little different ability to work with you. Why not give him a call? 440-943-2700. Ask for Steve. Tell me your central light. Take it from there. 
We'll be happy that you did. Or visit stephendefranco.com. Uh, we'll give away something uh, right out of the break here, too. Why not? Got some koozies and other such revelry. Stick around. Be right back. stuff away people give us stuff on the show to give away at no money for you that's why it's free send an email on its way when i tell you to that's why we give stuff away let me just point out uh the video feed is going to drop here in just a second it's a new version of XSplit. It's going to drop. Don't freak out. You're still going to be able to hear me. Oh, wait. Maybe it won't if I don't hit close program. Can everybody still see me? Everybody still see me? Yes, no? Maybe so? Uh, your chance to win a pair of uh, Kingsford slash grilling.com uh, koozies. How about that? I'll send them right to you. I'll send them right to you. All you have to do is uh, send me an email, and in the subject line, put uh, Scott Roberts Anal Fire. Scott Roberts Anal Fire for your chance to win uh, a pair of uh, Kingsford Grilling Koozies. Uh, by the way, congratulations to uh, Basic Patrick for winning the last uh, Sweet Smoke Q Juice. So uh, you send that in, and uh, we're all set to go. Uh, we'll come back to wrap the show up right after this. Stick around. I'll be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, we are back. Eight seven seven four four eight zero four three three. Greg at the BBQ Central Show dot com. Let me uh, see what we got here for inbox stuff. Hmm. A terrible feeling. Something is happening. All right. Uh, I got to get out. I got no time for this. Ain't nobody got time for this. I know I don't. All right. Uh, all the way back in the first hour, we talked with. Who do we talk? Oh, uh, Patrick Martin, Martin's uh, Barbecue Joint. Then we talk with uh, Lene Oxley, Sugar's Barbecue. In the second hour, we talked with Daniel Vaughn. And then we ended the show with Scott Roberts. Outrageous. All right. Um, big show packed for next week. Uh, if you cook with raw cast iron, it season it each and every time you use it. Little Pam, Little Crisco, as it cools down. Uh, September 11, 2001. I will never forget uh, until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. By the way, congratulations to Scott Walton for winning. Good night now.